we're doing a series called Anything Can Happen. Uh, Leo Loeb can lead worship. Two widows can get baptized. And we can study the book of Acts together. If I, um, I've been studying the Bible for 30 years now. If somebody said to me, they phoned me and they said, if you could just give me one verse of Scripture, what would it be? And I'm quite sure every one of you would have a verse. But if you ask me for one verse of Scripture, it would be John chapter 14, verse 8. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through me. Show us the Father and that will be enough. That would be the verse I would give them. It's from 6 to 8, but, but it would be show me the Father and that would be enough. If people ask me for one chapter of Scripture, I would give them John 15. I have a, a picture frame in my garage that is up and then it falls down because I don't really know how to put it up properly. And uh, I always try two-sided tape, then I try press stick and I try super glue and I realize I need to get a carpenter in. But I'm not very good with my hands, but I've got this picture frame there and I've asked God for many years, what scripture must I put in there? What chapter of scripture? It would be John chapter 15. I am the vine, you are the branches, without me you can do nothing, absolutely nothing. And so anything we do on this earth, if it's not linked to Jesus, is absolutely meaningful. The Father is the gardener, He draws the sustenance, we get it from Him, and because of that we produce fruit. Anything we produce out of our personalities, or our giftings, or by character, but anything that's produced outside of Christ will never last the test of time. It has no eternal value. Without him, I can produce nothing. If somebody wrote to me from jail and said, I've got a very thin little piece in my book that, that you can fit six chapters of the Bible in, um, what six chapters would you put in? I'd put in chapter one to six of the book of Acts. Because that is the first time Christ is preached by earthly people like you and I. It's the establishment of the church. It's the overcoming of opposition, and it's the forward momentum of God's work on earth. And it's the preaching of the resurrected Christ. Amen? And so for a lady whose husband has been shot while her two children are hanging on to her, to choose to get baptized publicly in front of everybody, I've got to just sit back and think, that is brave. I don't know what she's going through. I don't know what's going on inside there. But she said it today, I'm choosing to be obedient because God is resurrected. And I don't know how God is gonna resurrect that family into the fullness of what they got, but I do know this, He will resurrect it. Amen. He will resurrect it. And, um, and so we believe by faith. And so we're looking at Acts, and uh, let's look at Acts chapter one. We looked at it last week. If you weren't here, the series is called Anything Can Happen. And we're trusting God for breakthrough at this time. We're trusting God for cyclical patterns to be broken. Because what happened with the resurrection, friends, is, is, that, is that the cycle of life is you're born and you live and then you die and then meet, more people get born and live and they die. And this sort of cycle of life goes on. But when Easter came and Jesus was the resurrected, he broke the cycle. He, he entered into a new body. And so this cyclical pattern of life got broken and new opportunities took place. So what happens in our lives, we start to live cyclically. Women are designed cyclically. They work on a 28-day cycle. Men are designed linearly. That's why it's so difficult to be married because a cyclical person lives with a linear person. And God has designed both. But when we stop to live linear lives, we go into cyclical patterns. And, 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 and for impregnation to take place, the cycle and the linear must actually combine for impregnation to take place for the family to grow. Amen? And so what happens is that they get delivered from Egypt, so their past is dealt with, 
They get delivered from Egypt. They have an 11-day journey into the promised land, and they end up living in cycles. They go round and round for 40 years, and some of you will be sitting in this auditorium, and you live around in cycles, and mainly because of your past. So you grew up under abuse or under shame or under poverty, but when we get saved, we get delivered from our past. And so when we get delivered, God gives us promises. That's what the Bible is. It's a set of promises. And so what they do is they journey with the promises of God. They trust God. They trust God. They trust God. And then they have to fight a few giants to go into the promised land. It's called the promised land with the promises of God. And when they get there, they forget about the faithfulness of God. And so they go all the way back again. And then when they get there, they're reminded of the promises of God. And when they, by the time they get there, they've forgotten the faithfulness of God. And, and you go around living between, I've forgotten his promises and I've forgotten his faithfulness. So I go around and around in circles. Amen? Friends, I've delivered from my past. I'm delivered from my past. It doesn't matter what your past is, depression or alcohol or upbringing, it doesn't matter. It's past. And one of the great things when you come, the resurrection of Christ deals with your past. I've shared this before, I'll share it again, of a pastor's wife who had a horrific sexual past. She got married to a pastor. They were sitting in the front row of a prophetic conference and he started prophesying over people. Started telling them and, and her heart just died. So please God, don't let him come near because my past is horrific. I've had multiple partners, I've had multiple brokenness, incredible darkness, incredible times of debauchery. Please, God, don't bring up my past. And the pastor walked towards her and her heart started racing, thinking, I'm about to be exposed in front of thousands of people. And the pastor looked at her and said, ma'am, your past. And her heart was racing, said, is past. And the cyclical pattern of her life got broken. That's what happens in the book of Acts. It starts in Jerusalem and it ends in Rome. And so when God comes to us, he breaks the cyclical patterns of our life and he allows us to move forward. Amen? That's, what, that's why anything can happen. Anything can happen. Sheila Rossley, with all due respect, could have left here very bitter, very broken. My husband has died a painful death of cancer and she could be in that position for the next 20 years of her life, miserable, sitting in Hermanus, but somehow, Sheila, I don't know how you did it, but you really make me brave, and we build a church because of people like you. You're a very dear friend to me. And Shanae, amen? And so today I ask this question, anything can happen. That means that God can deliver you from the pain that has defined you. And the relationships that have entrapped you. And the words that have disqualified you. And the relationships that have taken advantage of you. God can free you from those today. In Acts chapter 1, when they start to list who the apostles were, he just, just by the by, in Acts chapter 1, it says, there was this guy, Andrew, and there's this guy, Peter, and there's this guy, Matthew, and there's another guy called Simon. And you think, oh, it's easy. Matthew and Simon, you just get on with each other. Matthew was a tax collector. Simon was a zealot. That's like taking a guy from the charismatic church and from the Enchia church and just saying, hey, become China's. <laughs> it's, you know, hey, it's not that easy, China. 
Because yokes lift your hands and we sit with our hands behind our backs. And yokes give your money and we take your money. Matthew was a tax collector. He took your tom. Simon was a zealot. He hated Rome. He hated Rome. You know the ANC had a funeral here. For those who the ANC had a funeral here last week. The guy who organized the funeral came up to me at a play. She said, I was the guy who organized the ANC funeral. It's a short guy. And behind him was a bodyguard. I said, China, who's that oak behind you? He says, a bodyguard. I said, stand further away from me in case they miss you. <laughs> I don't want to be hit, bro. So he said, we must meet. I said, not in a hurry, bro. No, no, hurry, you keep doing your thing with those acts, I'll keep doing my thing. But, 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 but somehow God put us together. Hilly and Rory. How's it, Hilly? How's it, Rory? You guys are going to build the kingdom together. You bring your bodyguard, I've got Jan. Yeah, yeah. Your oak has bought his gun, my guy's guns come with him. Your oak shoot, my oak hits. But, but God takes this diverse group of people, friends. Before we start the book of Acts, there's a tax collector and there's a zealot in the same room. That's before we start. Before we start. So, so, so you have to realize that God is going to deal with your culture and your upbringing and your preference and everything before we start anything. Amen? We had breakfast, I don't know whether you should be sitting about there. Vas Fani and Rihanna. Sela Dasel. Vasela. Ooh, yes, you've gone like four rows up. For nine years you've been sitting. Now you change your seat. Somebody's taken your seat. This ni rechni. Ons sal dit voor die committee bring op maandag. En dan sal ons praat. Iemand het die venterse stoelen gevat. En hulle gee tiende vir die die kerk. En as jy hulle stoele vat, sal ons jou uitvat. Met Jan en Hilly's bodyguard. Now I'm only joking. Fanny and Rihanna, why don't you stand? Fanny and Rihanna. We, we had breakfast with them on Friday. God, I don't know how, brought you into this church. I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And everything about us is different to you but somehow you stayed, I don't know how. But you've blessed us, and you've served us, and you've loved us. And on Thursday you drive out of the town to go and serve an orphanage in Soweto. I'm only joking, they're going to Stellenbosch. <laughs> but you go with our blessing. And I tell you, every Sunday when I've preached and I've seen you there, it's been an absolute reminder to me of the privilege of preaching to Afrikaans people. Because you could have just left here many times offended by me. But you stayed. And you contributed. And you participated. And I don't want to embarrass you, but one day I put up a number plate saying we need 71,000 rand a day, every day, until the end of this building project. And within about two hours, there was a deposit, 71,000 rand from the Fentus to say, we'll pay for today. And I know you paid for many other days. But when you leave, just know this, you leave with a blessing. And to say this, 
Bonnie and Rihanna, you've changed our lives. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for filling the chairs. Thank you for playing your part. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for impregnating this church with the life of God. It doesn't matter where you sit. Everybody's got a story and everyone plays a part. I just want to honor you. I want to take this moment. Go and bless Cedar's church. Go and bless Stellenbosch. Go and change that city. You know, I, re- I said this to Rihanna. You and your sister are some of the leading women of the city. I don't know why you've got a gift on your lives. And you finally, God has given you a thing about finances. It's just unbelievable. He said this to me on Friday. He said, you know, Rory, he's a very successful man. He said, Rory, I, I used to see how much I could keep and how little I had to give to God. And he said, I started tithing. Then God said, actually, all belongs to me. And he said, I realized to take 100 rand, give a bit to God and keep the rest. And then God told me I was greedy. So now I get 100 rand, I give it to God. And I ask God how much of his 100 rand I can use. I tell you, I walked away from that meeting completely changed in my mind. Let's give them a hand just to say thank you. Why, why do we do these things? Because it's a very big church and we're trying to build a lounge. We're not trying, this is not a mega church. It's a mega church by definition, but it's a lounge by our design. And so we bring our family together to take time to enjoy Robbie Vessels and to bless Marissa and to stop at baptisms and goodbyes. Mag die gins in die genade van die Heere op julle bly. I read this morning, Psalm 139, if I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, if I go to the far side of the sea, you're with me. God is waiting for you, 10 K's out of Stellenbosch. He's waiting for you to say, welcome, Fani and Rihanna. I have another assignment for you now. You're gonna change many people's lives. So that's Acts chapter one. We're not getting very far, are we? Anyway, I was gonna do the whole scenario of Acts, but I'm not gonna do it, I'll do it tonight. I wanna just preach one verse of scripture from Acts chapter two, if you don't mind going to Acts two, a few, a few verses of scripture. When the day of Pentecost came, say Pentecost. Pentecost. You know, in Pretoria, it's God the Father, God the Son, and Angus Buchan. But, but in the Bible, it's actually God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Angus is just like, he's one of the th- people that God uses. But, um, ooh, scandalic, I should get some letters for that, eh? But thank you for all my letters around the sleeping. I really appreciate that. I just exposed my humanness with my battling to sleep. I now have 25 remedies for my sleeping pattern, including deliverance from the demon of insomnia. Thank you so much indeed. I want to just bless you. And learning how to pray like El Elyon. El Elyon. El Elyon. I got a better one. Pray like Yahweh. Yeah. Way. Yeah, way. So I lay in bed the other night going, yeah, way, yeah, way. At 10 o'clock, at 1 o'clock, I took a sleeping tablet and then I, it was much better. I fell fast asleep. So anyway, thank you so much for all your contribution and for the person who's lending me their oxygen tent. I'm, I'm just very, very excited about that. <laughs> anyway. Okay, with Book of Acts, anything can happen. <laughs> when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Say one place. Say all together. The beauty is all together in one place. It can only happen in the church. It's the only place where young and old, black and white, rich and poor, married and single and divorced can be together in equality in one place. It's the local church. Suddenly. 
a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Say each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And you'll see all the different languages, which is the reverse of the curse of Babel. 2 Corinthians 4, uh, sorry, Acts chapter 2 verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the 11. Say Peter stood up. So anything can happen. Just one chapter before in John 21, Peter's a complete coward. He's gone back to fishing. He's given up following Jesus. He's backslidden and he's fishing. He's a complete coward. And one chapter later, after the Holy Spirit has fallen, Peter stands up amongst the 11 and he starts to preach to 3,000 people. You see, that happened on the mount where Moses was. The fire came down and Moses started to preach. Fire, one preacher. Fire, one preacher. Fire, one preacher. But not an axe. Peter starts to preach. It says in verse 17, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirits on all people. Say all people. people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Is this going to be a movement that's led by pastors who are qualified from Bible college in the pulpits who have had five years? No, it's going to be sons and daughters. The Spirit of God is going to fall and seven and eight and nine and ten-year-old children are going to start preaching in their schools. And 12 and 13 and 14-year-old children are going to start preaching in their schools. And the revival in Pretoria, that's why we speak about Uffies and we speak about Menlo Park and we speak about Gasfontein and we speak about Watercliffe and we speak about St. Albans and we speak about Eduplex because the Spirit of God is going to come upon those students, friends, and the revival is going to start in the schools of Pretoria. God has given one of the great blessings amongst the Blue Bulls Say, I shout for the Blue Bulls. Who could not say that? Go back to Durban. Go back to Durban. Or come tonight because Bucky's comes here. And you're going to just put your hand up and say, I shout for the Sharks. He'll convince you in many different ways. You know, you know why Bucky's comes here, friends? Because a Shark supporter shouts for the bulls because we are so ingrained in our traditions and upbringings that we can't deal with some of our preferences which stop us preaching the gospel. People say, oh Rory, you're mad. I cannot live in Pretoria and stand up here with a shark t-shirt on. You say, oh rubbish. Friends, I met with with the head boy of Uffies. Can you believe it? Me, this dumb Englishman. The head boy of Uffies phones me and says, Pastor, can I examine your Bicky coffee drink. So we sat together and talked this week. And he said to me, Pastor, the brotherhood of Afis is such an amazing thing. I said, now young man, you must understand that the brotherhood of Christ is more powerful than that. It's more powerful than that. He says, these five years, you grow up in Corsairs and you share all these traditions and you have all these things. That, and, 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 and that brotherhood actually goes to university and you go from Uffies to Stellenbosch to study BCom and then you come back to Pretoria and you get involved in business and then all through your connections, you build up these massive businesses. I want to tell you the power of the Spirit of God is more powerful than that. That's what the book of Acts, anything can happen. 
inside of this auditorium today, every need of every person can be taken care of by everybody present here. It says this in the book of Acts chapter 4, selling their possessions, selling their possessions, they gave to everybody who had need. There was no needy amongst them. Friends, the problem with Pretoria East is we love possessions more than we love people. And so we keep gathering stuff in our house while we've got people in our church that need stuff. Sell some of your stuff and give it to the person next to it. Give it to the girl on the piano for her wedding so that they don't have to go into debt to pay for their wedding. We don't need another cupboard and another big screen TV. You say, Rory, this is hectic. This is communism. No, this is New Testament, Acts chapter 1 to 6, Bible, spirit-filled believership. Amen? We start to live together. We start to share each other. It says when they shared their possessions, the Spirit of God hit the church and people got healed. Rory, if you gave me one scripture, what would it be? John chapter 14, verse 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The only way the Father is through me. John chapter 14, verse 8. Show us the Father, that'll be enough. If you gave us a chapter, it'd be chapter 15. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. If you gave me six chapters of Scripture, what would it be? Acts chapter 1 to Acts chapter 6. It's where Jesus got preached by human beings for the first time. The Holy Spirit empowered them, turned cowards into convicted preachers. Young people started to rise up. Afrikaans people who said they will never pray publicly or share in the church have got no choice because the nations, Mozambique, gripped his heart. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Every time you go past one of the schools in Pretoria, just say, God, let your spirit fall upon them. St. Albans, I drive in there every day. My son goes there. Lord God, that headmaster is a Christian. Shane Kidwell. Lord God, bless Shane Kidwell. Lord God, bless the staff of the school. Lord God, let your spirit fill the school. They've got a a born-again Anglican chaplain. Lord God, let your spirit fall on that man. When he preaches, Lord God, let fire rise up in the boys' hearts. Use the boys of St. Albans to preach the gospel, Lord God. What about Uffies, Lord God? Let your spirit visit Uffies. There's a head boy there. He walked into my office, friends, with a Bible in his one hand, which are the promises of God to the head boys of Uffies, and in his other hand, the things that the head boys write down as a gift to the school. And so this young 17-year-old boy sitting here, he said, Pastor Eckville, I want to change the world for God. 17 years old, no dear. Put him on my prayer list. Lord God, touch no dear. I was praying this morning. I've got a prayer list. You can just put my prayer list up if you don't mind. Okay, you won't understand it. That's just a part of it. But in the top of my prayer list, I have 450 names of people I pray for every day. Every, every top there you can see Noah, Jaira, and Gemma at the bottom, and Stephen and Kathy, and that lady, Butta Malo Ramashaba, is, a, is a, actually an a air hostess that I met on the plane. And I was praying one day, and she said, sir, would you pray for me? I said, I'll pray for you for the rest of my life. I've never met her again. It's my family. But on the top, it says Lloyd and Melissa Madsen and three. Those three are their children. I don't even know their children's names. I just know that they've got two girls and a boy. That's all I know. Doug and Cena McDonald are my friends that taught Clint and I about Jesus. When, when the church was going and we had some of the best preachers in the church in Durban, uh, Doug was asked to preach and he, he, the whole church stopped and, a, and four guys brought a dining room table onto the stage 
and, and he, they put the dining room table on the stage and he sat down on the dining room table and he said, I don't want to be part of a large church with fancy preachers. I, I, want, I want to be part of a dining room table where we enjoy each other's company. His wife has got cancer. She's in hospital. Spent the, Doug and Sheena need prayer. It's great to preach to people, but, but do you pray for Sheena? Do you pray for Sheena? And every morning I put this book on my lap and I just pray, Lloyd and Melissa Madsen, that's Gary Rom's daughter. She used to be the girl on the advert outside the shopping center. Pretty girl. And she walked up one day and she said, will you marry me? I said, I'm already married, but I'll talk to my wife about it. <laughs> no, I, said, I said, no, I didn't say that. I said, I said Melissa, it would be an absolute privilege. Lloyd was a, a Springbok hockey player. I said, I'll pray, I'll pray for you for the rest of my life. And, and I've always said this, if you take your kids to Australia, there's a very good chance that they won't serve Jesus. This was on my lap this morning, and this is the picture she sent me. She said, hi, Rory. This morning, my three kids woke up, and they decided they want to get baptized publicly in church. Oh. Say anything can happen. Say your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. No, 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 that's ridiculous. Your sons and daughters. When you, when you stand up, Mr. Lumen, in front of the privileged 1,500 boys or 1,600 boys that you lead every single week and every single Monday, you stand up. Tomorrow you'll be standing up in your school. I want to tell you from your school, sir, will come young men who will prophesy to this nation, who will be leaders in industry, will be leaders in education, will be leaders on the sports field. They will prophesy, they will speak about the things of God. That's what Acts says, anything is possible. I went to go and watch rugby yesterday. Pretoria boys high against Maritzburg College. You won't tell you what the score is, not good for Pretoria though. <laughs> but I can tell you what my highlight of my day was driving there with my little 15 year old, my little 15 year old who yesterday became taller than me. We don't like to do face-to-face -to -face too much because, you know, men don't look in each other's eyes. We like to do shoulder-to-shoulder. -shoulder. So he sort of sits there and I sit here. He says, hey, Dad, you know, when I, when I was on holiday with my mates who he met at school and he brought his parents here, because that's how it works. And so his parents are sitting there and he's just been on holiday. He says, when I was on holiday with them, he said, I opened my Bible app, Dad, and I, and I was just reading some scriptures. He said, but... But dad, I don't really know how it all fits in. He says, hey dad, do you mind explaining the Bible to me? <laughs> ABS brakes, pull aside, crash the car. Of course, well, you know, let's go watch rugby and we'll talk about it later. And I turned around, I saw the tears just falling down his cheeks and, and then the tears started falling down my cheeks and, I, and the next Five years or four years while he's in my home, I'm going to be spending time teaching my son how to prophesy. Because he invited me in. I've never asked my kids to do devotions. I've never asked them to read the Bible. I've never followed them up. I've never checked on them. But every single one of them has come to me one day and said, Dad, will you teach me how to read the Bible? Yesterday was that day. The Uffies of the Marisburg College, Pretoria Boys School, will go down in history and will be remembered. But the day that my son asked me to teach him how to read the Bible, that day, my son, I will never forget. 
I know where I was on the road. I don't know where I need to go and build an altar in that piece of the road. But I've driven that road hundreds of times. But yesterday, the highlight of my day, fire came down and Moses preached. Fire came down in the New Testament. Peter preached, and this is what Peter said. All of you are going to preach. All of you are going to preach. It's not going to be left to the preachers to preach. All of you are going to preach. You, young lady, are already preaching. You've got him here. You've got your friends here. You've got the Spirit of God upon you. You're called to preach. Don't have to jump on a pulpit. You've just got to preach. It comes out of you. It pours out of you. I'm a little girl when we used to serve God together in Glenridge. I knew you'd be a preacher. What kind of preacher? I don't know. But you're going to lead people to Christ. Anyway, we didn't get there. Look what it says, verse 18. Even on my servants, say servants. Some of the commentators say, my blue-collar workers. Even on my blue-collar workers, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will? Who's going to prophesy? The school kids from Uffies, the school kids from Menlo Park, the school kids from Eduplex, the school kids from Macy's Word. And the blue-collar workers, the mechanics, and the crane drivers, and the security guards are going to prophesy. And we're going to see a revival in Pretoria. Because anything can happen. Say anything. Anything. Anything can happen. I gave away my car in the building project, and I walked. The way that I met Fani, he's a top cyclist. And I was walking home one day fighting with God because I'd given away my car. And I thought it was a really stupid thing at 51 years old to be walking. And people say, why didn't you catch Uber? I said, I don't know how it works. <laughs> and Fani was doing sprints and he came over the hill at 1,052 kilometers an hour. And he just tuned, how's that pastor? And I kept walking. And then I started to see state agents boards. And I started to pray for these state agents in the city. And then I used to phone some of them and they used to cry with me. How are you? Can we sell you a house? No, I just want to know how you are. I'm really battling. Just started praying with them. And then I got a heart for estate agents. And then when COVID hit, I used to just drive around the city and I used to pray for estate agents. Just prayed for them. If you're an estate agent in this church, I've prayed for you many times. If your board's are on Atterbury Road, I've prayed for you many times. Many, many, many times. On Wednesday, I'm flying to Cape Town to speak at an estate agent's conference. <laughs> you know who the speakers are? The two top estate agents in America and me. What are you going to speak on? I've got no idea. Have you prepared? No. What are you going to say? Got no idea. Do they know you're a Christian? Yes. Are you allowed to speak about Christ? They've got no choice. 
What are you going to say? I've got no idea. And after I've spoken to the thousand estate agents, then they go into the VIP gold room where the top 70 estate agents in South Africa, then I'm going to speak to them too. About what? I've got no idea. But God can do anything. He can use a stupid pastor with no car walking on the road, angry with God, praying for boards to open a door to speak to a conference in Cape Town about what? I've got no idea. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord God. This is not church. This is Lounge. This is being together. This is Matthew, the tax collector, and Simon, the zealot. This is the charismatic, the Catholic, and the Enchia guy getting into the same room. This is the entrepreneur and the chartered accountant, Lord God. This is the guy with a PhD and the guy with a standard eight in the same room. This is a guy at private school and a guy at public school. This is an Afrikaans guy and an English guy sitting in the same room, waiting for the Spirit of God to come upon us so that we can prophesy into this city, Lord God. I believe through our schools we'll see a revival. I believe through our mechanics we'll see a revival. I believe through the book of Acts that everything is possible. Everything is possible. Absolutely everything is possible. God can do anything. He can break cyclical patterns of our life. If you've been brought up in an abusive home or you've suffered deep tragedy, if your husband has been shot dead in a house robbery or your husband has left for another woman or drugs has ravished your upbringing, I believe the power of God can break the cyclical patterns of your life because Jesus was resurrected and when he was resurrected, he broke the power of repetitive sin. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Jesus, your name is more powerful than any other name on earth. Inside of your name is healing. Inside of your name is deliverance. Inside of your name is cleansing. Inside of your name is wholeness. Nothing but the name of Jesus. Nothing but the name of Jesus. I pray for grace. I pray for love. I pray for favor. I pray for authority. I pray for anointing. I pray for peace. May your dominion, your kindness, your anointing rest upon this church. In Jesus' name.